The following program is sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services. Welcome to Open House with Team Reba. Each week, Team Reba will be bringing you a roundup of real estate and mortgage news, along with information about the local Puget Sound region, highlighting some of the best and brightest entertainment options, family events, neighborhood highlights, and local business interviews, so you can feel right at home in the Pacific Northwest. Welcome once again to Open House with Team Reba. I am Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side, And I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. Happy weekend. <laughs> Happy weekend, as always, my friend. Yeah. You've been enjoying your summer with your new little abode out on the canal absolutely yeah working working on it and you know getting things cleaned up and and ready to go gonna do a little bit of a remodel project on it yeah nice to just uh, had our first weekend over there and you know up in the morning sat on the deck sipping a cup of coffee watching the seals swim by and and looking at the water it's yeah lots of fun yes once so. again i got to watch your wife do another oh. <laughs> facebook live on that one unbeknownst <laughs> to did, me yes i i don't think you were sitting with her but she was watching the it was actually a sunrise, but she called it the sunset. Oh, boy. Uh, then yeah. <laughs> she was pointing oh. out the sea lions yeah. going by. Those are seals. I know. <laughs> She's so adorable. I just don't <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> She's just excited to be there, i got to tell is. you. So it's, it's, it's well, it's fun. a fun little place, and I'm very excited for you both. And oh. yeah, I can't well, wait for an so eventual much. invite. Well, absolutely. And, you know, that all came together because that home was – showing as pending mm-hmm. for a couple of months. Yeah. And um, and finally... A good sign that things may not be going things well. Things are not going to plan. And you reached mm-hmm. out and yes. contacted the other agent who yeah. was happy to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, initially, we were rebuffed because of um, some good advice from an attorney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's actually the show is going to be about a lot of these kinds of things. It's mm-hmm. like buying property and other places and what good advice can get you and you know, taking positive action, that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, no, they, they did consult an attorney, which they should Mm -hmm. in that situation, um, because the deal was potentially about to fail. Um, but there were some, there were some details. I'm not going to give all this stuff away, but there were some things where it did make good sense for that seller to hold off, Mm -hmm. allow something to happen, which we were pretty sure was not going to come through. Yeah. And yeah. you got all your ducks in a row in the mm-hmm. meantime. Yeah. And, uh, and, and sea lions or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> <Seals>. <laughs> and, and then lo and behold, they came back to us. They didn't even go back on active market. They said, Hey, we want to do business yeah. with you. And, and I have to say, um, that led to the beginning of a very nice working relationship with me and that other agent. Mm-hmm. She yeah. also happens to be with Remax. Uh, we learned that we each use the same kind of customer relationship uh, management tools. Okay. And so we yeah. traded some tips on you know business and nice. how we conduct our businesses, which I thought was great. And definitely she's um, somebody who, you know, she was just like, hey, if we can ever get a chance to collaborate on something again in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. She was like, it was a pleasure to do business with you guys. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, and, and as we know, because the appraiser who was a little, you know, out there, you know, delayed us briefly Mm -hmm. because we'd built all those great relationships throughout that timeline. 
it was very helpful for her to be able to communicate with her seller and to get the very short extension that we needed to accommodate that appraisal needing to be, you know, updated and completed. It's all about the communication. Yeah, ab- yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I, I will say, you know, quick thing about appraisals. Uh, there is a shortage of appraisers in our markets right now, mm-hmm. all over the state, all yes. over the Northwest. Um, we we are struggling to get appraisers to turn things around in a timely manner. Mm-hmm. If we want things quicker, they're um, demanding fairly exorbitant rush fees. Yes. This is true with all lenders, all appraisers. It's pretty much across the board. Um, we've had um, you know difficulties getting appraisals in Arizona, in California, in Oregon. Mm-hmm. You know, Washington, if you go outside of kind of Ping, King Pierce, Nahomish counties, mm-hmm. you know, it could be three weeks, um, you know, before we can get an appraisal back. Yeah. And a lot of folks want to do a 30-day closing on a transaction. Well, if it takes that long to get the appraisal back, it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. You know, you, probably we're, not going to need a little time. bit more time. Yeah. Yeah. So I haven't yet seen agents really grasping into that. Um, but we're probably going to have to, mm-hmm. you know, at some yeah. point, you know, but every, there's still all these classes out there about how to, you know, be the winning offer and all these other things. But, mm-hmm. um, and I can also just keep pushing, you know, like your company offers the opportunity to do a lot of that underwriting up front, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. On the individual, which is yeah. so, so key. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, cause we've seen it backfire when people haven't. Right. right? Yeah. In fact, actually I just reached out, um, recently to one of our, uh, or one of my past clients, I'd send him over to you that hopefully eventually he'll get there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, guy with a great income mm-hmm. tech company, but he also has another side business. Like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we used him as an example earlier this year, buying a $1.3 million condo that uh, his online lender, who did not do the pre-underwrite, um, failed to be able to to come through. Oh, and yeah. so he had to come up with cash. Ouch. And so, you know, like this is listeners, it's a serious thing. It's a big mm-hmm. deal. If you don't have the cash, which most people don't in some of these mm-hmm. high priced market areas that we've got here, if yeah. you don't have all of the cash, your contract says that you're going to close, right? Mm-hmm. And that you will have the cash, whether it's through a loan or out of your own pocket. So it's so key to talk to someone like Eric who can run you through that underwrite process because, you know, you fail and you've got a large amount of earnest money out there, you know, you're running some liability. Oh, absolutely. Right. Um, we, we just had a, a transaction actually still working on it where the, the buyer is a real estate agent mm-hmm. and it's a, it's an investment property in another state. And the buyer was relying on real estate commissions oh, for no. the down payment on transactions that had not yet closed. Oh no. And, um, and so, you know, I was very forthright with, with everybody, you know, through the process that we are waiting on verifying funds to close and guess what, you know, those, those transactions were delayed. So, you know, and at the last minute, you know, a a week before closing, where's the money, the seller's getting agitated, everybody's Mm -hmm. getting agitated. So in this case, it was actually a professional, the, you know, quote, uh-huh. um, purchasing the home, but, but got into contract before the money was, was there before the money was That's verified. Nuts. Yeah. It was, uh, it I'm was, amazed it was that awkward. seller it was awkward and their agent accepted that. And they did. 
I'm yeah, just did. stunned. Yeah. But, but, you know, you, you and I talk about this all the time. Um, it kind of makes me a little sick to my stomach. There's, there's different <laughs> levels of, of real estate agents out there and different uh-huh. levels of quality. And professionalism. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, both of them, honestly, you know, could have done better. You know, the, mm-hmm. the agent representing the seller, you're right. Why would they accept that offer? Yeah. And, and put their seller in that position, right. in that predicament. I mean, that course. that does put that agent in a not great position, especially I would love to have been a well, fly on the wall when they were having a conversation. Because right. do you happen to know if it was multiple offers, too? Um, it, it wasn't in this case. Okay. Um, and, and, you know, we're probably pretty lucky about that. Um, but on the other side of it, you know, think about the risk to this buyer and, uh-huh. and jumping into that contract because there's a significant uh, amount of earnest money at mm-hmm. stake. And if the buyer's not able to perform, Bye-bye. is the seller obligated to extend the transaction? No, no, they are not. No, they are not. And especially in a situation like that, when they're starting to question mm-hmm. if they can even perform because, right. okay, maybe his other transactions got delayed, but what if they ended up like what we just described with the guy before you mm-hmm. on your hood canal place? I mean, that one did fail. It did. It had an extension mm-hmm. and then a failure. And that's why right. it was, key that we had been in such great communication with that party when we had to have ours because of the appraiser, mm-hmm. because we could validate everything is in place. Right. It's fine. It's just this little thing that needs to be done. It's not mm-hmm. that there's not a qualifying because in that other case, it was the buyer not qualifying. Right. It was not an appraisal. In our issue. Case, it, wasn't, we were, it was just a timing. Thing. Exactly. It was yeah. just all about timing. Right. Um, I want to also just give a quick little plug if mm-hmm. I may. Yeah. Um, for anyone who is needing services, because you just mentioned the thing about appraisers and how hard it is to come by them right now mm-hmm. and the cost. Yeah. So we've seen ranging from $650 to $1,100 mm-hmm. um, typical on these purchase transactions. I just want to remind some of our listeners that um, my team, we realize that there are life events that aren't necessarily the sale of a property where you need to know the value of a property. True. And we will actually, for a much more reasonable fee, mm-hmm. um, three to five hundred dollars, um, three hundred for condos, five hundred for single family. We will do market analysis work that is useful in the situations of dissolution, like marriage mm-hmm. dissolutions, because mm-hmm. um, you have to have valuations of the properties for those, right. as well as for say when somebody passes, mm-hmm. um, or when yeah. you need to define that price point when you're doing maybe estate planning work, things mm-hmm. of that nature. Sure. Um, we have done that numerous times throughout the 20 years that I've been in business, mm-hmm. right. um, and I've done it for a fee because it does take time, mm-hmm. right? right? We have to be able to either go to the property, uh, you know, check its condition, then spend the time doing the market analysis and all of that. So, uh, if there's any of our listeners out there and you're interested or need those kinds of services, you can just send us an email with the property address to info at team Awesome. Yeah. Yes. Great. Yeah. And that can save you a lot of money because I, I have people contact me all the time and say, Hey, do you know appraisers? Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, yeah, I've got a whole list of appraisal contacts, but I also know how packed they are because they like you were saying those aren't hurry for them and especially if they're not going to get paid as much or they're right. or you're going to get charged more mm-hmm. um they're going to be weeks out we right. can usually get them done within a week right yeah it's it's a it's a big problem right now you know, mm-hmm. getting getting some of those things turned around yeah yeah absolutely I, oh I, I and and today i know we, we want to be talking about yes. investment properties yes and things i just want to bring up like my my situation where our buyer you know was relying on some some commissions that hadn't arrived yet. Yeah. Um, when you're buying an investment property, 
it's a little bit different than if you're buying your principal residence or a second home. Uh, if it's a principal residence or second home, let's say that all of a sudden you need more money for down or, or whatever you were relying on didn't materialize, it's possible to have a gift from a relative. And there's really no restrictions on that, on the dollar amounts. It can be pretty much pretty much any amount. Uh, but when it's an investment property, when it's non-owner occupied, a gift is not allowed. You can't have a gift. That's an so important distinction. It come from your documented money. So uh, something to definitely keep in mind, you know, yes. when you're negotiating those contracts and don't back yourself into a corner, you know, where the, the ultimate price you pay could be the earnest money that you gave. 100% with you on yeah. that one, my friend. Well, we've got more Open House with Team Reba. When we come back, just got to take a real quick break here. So join us. we we'll be talking about investment properties and some things that you need to know. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Eric Osnes from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And I'm Reba Hass from Team Reba. So join us every Saturday from 2 to 3 o'clock and Sundays from 3 to 4. And always on podcasts. That's right. Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, you name it. Buzzsprout, all of those. Yeah, yes. we're on there. Yep. Just search Open House with Team Reba. And Absolutely. And actually, if you're looking for a particular kind of topic... Um, sometimes you can do that too. So like one of the ones that I've sent out a lot recently, cause we're talking investment today, mm-hmm. um, is the show that we did, uh, on 1031 exchanges. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a very popular one of our shows, yeah. um, insurance topics, right? Both when we've had Gerald Grinter and Gail Welfringer, Gail, I can't even say her name. Gail Welfringer yes. from First Mark Insurance. Um, you know, those are also very popular shows mm-hmm. because we talk a lot about the things that people don't know about the insurance industry right. and the things that can help protect them. Because yep. um, that also hits like I actually just recently sent one of those out um, because it was talking about condo insurance mm-hmm. and making sure because remember that one show we had where like you could get um, coverage for assessments. Right. Around the deductibles that you yeah, have for things yeah, like that. Huge those are deal. important issues. Big time. Yeah. yeah and absolutely. most people have no, in fact, I was bringing those up even to other real estate agents and sending them copies of my show <laughs> saying, maybe you want to hear this. Hmm. This I might be listen. useful. Yeah. 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 I send the 1031 exchange one out to people all over the United States. Even, right. Because yeah. I have friends all over. So super, super relevant. Yeah. Well, we just talked about the bubble. Like, mm-hmm. is there a housing bubble? Yes. And, and we talked, yes, we talked about it, and no was our answer. Our answer is no, unless yes. you want to make your own personal housing bubble, which you can easily yes. do by paying way, way, way more than a home is worth, yes. which uh, can happen these days. So, and even with that, though, it just takes time, you know, before the market catches up to yeah. you. Yeah, true, so, true, true, true. There you go. But, um, so I wanted to, you know, you and I, as we were trying to decide what we wanted to talk about on this particular program... Um, I've had a lot of conversations lately. Um, well, I also mentioned, you know, how we can do market analysis for somebody. Well, a lot of times people are asking me about, well, is now a good time for me to sell this investment? Mm-hmm. Right. And my comments to you before we got on air is I want to talk again about how important it is to have good working professionals working with you. And also understanding that you're asking for their very valuable time Mm -hmm. while you're doing it, Um, but recognizing that it is worth it when you are an investor to be, you know, touching all of the appropriate professionals. Mm -hmm. Because you and I get asked a ton of questions and you and I have 
uh, a scary amount of knowledge between the two of us <laughs> um, that it's because we spend so much time talking to the other professionals because yeah. we can't we can't give advice in right. certain areas, right? Like I can't give tax advice. I can't give legal advice. Mm -hmm. And I've had recently several conversations with past clients of mine who have investment properties and they want me to tell them the direction they should go. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I ask them is, well, what do you know about the situation and have you spoken to your, all these different people. Yeah, your well, CPA about it. And they're right. always like, well, I don't, I don't want to put the cart before the horse. I'm like, okay, they are the horse. Right. Yeah, they, they are. <laughs> but, but also we can help though because, you know, here's a list of questions that you exactly. need to be considering. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes just bringing up those questions or those topics or issues will help clarify their thought process. Right. You know, well, we're trying to kind of figure out what road to go down, what path to take. Right. Well, and you and I were discussing this whole thing of like the fact that we've, we've done some very long conversations with people in the past and mm -hmm. we're, we're now looking at this, um, consulting option for mm -hmm. people. Sure. Right. And so listeners, this is an opportunity for you. If you want to have a consulting situation with Eric and myself, we can certainly do that. And you can send us, you know, a message and it, I will tell you it is for a fee, but mm -hmm. you're going to get some very, um, specific details and talking points and information, right? So mm -hmm. let me give an example of what I just did for this one client. So I sold him and his wife a house uh, many, many years ago. This is back in 2012 that mm -hmm. I sold them their first house, mm -hmm. right? So they, uh, they used FHA. They went to one of our classes. They used um, a down payment assistance program at the time and so got a, a, a very good deal at that mm -hmm. time. And I believe they paid around $255,000 for this house mm -hmm. that's in the kind of the, not quite Skyway, but close to that area. Okay. Yeah. And so they've owned it for a very long time. Now, one of the things they did is they permitted out, um, they had this really extended garage. So they made a, a dadu out of that, okay. a detached accessory dwelling unit. Mm -hmm. So that has become a living space and a rental unit. And they did that originally because um, a parent was living with them. So okay. that gave them a yeah. separate living space, mm -hmm. right? Eventually that parent moved on. So now they had a rental, yeah. right? Then they ended up at one stage um, renting out the lower level of their house. So okay. now it's set up so it can either be used as a single house or it can be used like a duplex yeah. either way. Yeah. So now there's like three potential units on the property. So oh. they they eventually moved out onto the Kitsap uh kind of Kitsap County area. Okay. And so they kept that house as an investment. Then they've been gone out of it for over five years. So there's no potential to sell it now and get the capital gains exemptions, yeah. right. That they would right. get for a married couple. And the thing is, is that that property is now worth when I did the market analysis for them, it's probably going to sell around $785,000. Wow. Which yeah. many years ago, the husband had told me, he goes, if I ever think I can get a half mil out of that place, I'll sell it, mm, mm -hmm. right? But now things have changed mm -hmm. because they've been out of the house all this time. So he's going to have a capital gains. Mm -hmm. He's also been playing around with the idea of buying rental property in less expensive markets mm -hmm. to take some of his proceeds and put it to even more work. Sure. That way it's not sure. just equity building, but it's actually getting more cash flow for them, Yep. right? So that was part of the whole thing of them contacting me again is to say, hey, we want you to do an analysis of the value of the home. Mm -hmm. If it's sitting around this price point, we want to consider selling, 
using part of that to do a 1031 exchange out into these other market areas that we've been considering, which are out of the state, mm-hmm. right? And then they also wanted to talk about, well, we might take a big chunk of that money too, which you and I both know is considered boot, and use some of that to pay down our principal residence, of which I then told them they might want to talk to their lender to find out if they could do a principal pay down and recast of the note to save them even more money, right? Okay, like, you're, you're throwing out a lot of concepts here. I know, and, mm-hmm. but this is, it's telling, and then I said, but have you talked to your CPA? And he's like, yeah. well, we actually had an accountant and she started charging us per question, but yeah, she also I got remember their name is block yeah. something Henry or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. and the thing was they got frustrated because that accountant would, they own their own business and she would beat them over the head with the, you need to just go get a regular job and do a W2 job. Like that's just much. Uh, I know I'm watching your face and I'm, I'm sure I was making the same faces while I was on the phone with them. Mm. Cause I'm thinking, who is this person? <laughs> Type for a new one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they had just fired her, basically. Yeah, and so yeah. now what am I doing? I'm giving referrals right. to some advice. great people, yeah. right, mm-hmm. who can actually have those conversations with them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's why these things are so valuable. Yep. Uh, having true professionals on your side and who understand what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, uh, yes. So you can see that conversation took... An hour and a half at least. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And then I have another one of those, which is a client who, when I first met them, they were referred to me um, because they had a property to sell in Woodenville that they had bought as an investment and that they were losing money on. And so I helped them with the transaction there. Then a a couple of years later, they came to me and they bought their new home. Um, So I helped them with that. Uh, they kept their old home as an investment, right? Because that one was mm-hmm. a smart move. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, what they didn't tell me, and I wish they had, is they went out because he was in part of these like you know online investment groups. Um, they now have like a fourplex, two duplexes, and five single family units in these two towns in um, like Tennessee. Okay. Okay. So they call me up and they say, "Hey, we want to get your advice." Once again, I end up spending 90 minutes. <laughs> it's a, it seems to be running a theme on time. Um, and so we start talking. You know, I have to hear like, well, what did you pay for them? What are they mm-hmm. potentially worth now? Do you know what your selling net proceeds would be? I don't know that state and what fees they take out. Mm-hmm. Have you fi- – please go figure that out. Okay, let's – and then we walk through like what they were paying for a bunch of the services and the turnover and mm-hmm. all these other things. And so I gave yeah. them a, a whole list of questions because they're trying to decide do we keep the properties – or do we sell them and bring our money closer to home where we can actually go check on the property? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Cause that is a constant question that many of our clients have. Well, you also brought up, I, I'm just kind of ticking up the number of homes they own. Mm-hmm. You run into a financing issue also yes. because most of your conventional mortgage programs limit the number of financed properties to 10. Mm-hmm. So if you, if you get above that limit, then, then your loan options change. Yes. Exactly. Lots of things to consider there. So, so we're now, you know, again, out of that 90 minute session, it's my list of questions for them. And then I had to ask them, I'm like, okay, well, once again, did you talk to your CPA (laughs) about this? Like, or for your wealth planner to talk about what are like the best strategies for you right now? And taking a look at, 
you know, because we were deciding because these properties back in the places in Tennessee that they're looking at, none of them is worth more than two hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Most of them are like one hundred thirty to one hundred eighty thousand dollars. Right. And but are so, they generating good rent income? They are getting about one hundred fifty dollars of cash flow a unit. Oh, which isn't a lot, especially yeah. when he told me that a bunch of the units when they have turnover, like he kept saying, he's like, well, it's got a 5% um, turnover vacancy rate. rate. Yeah. It, well, 5% vacancy rate. I think he said it was like a 6% turnover rate, but then he kept telling me like the fourplex had turnover every year. I'm like, well, that's not, <laughs> that's not that's 6% not turnover. Yeah. That's, that's a lot more. And, and on top of it, the property management company would do this full redo every time. So it was costing them two to $3,000 per unit yeah. for them to get, re-rented and when you were only making a hundred fifty dollars a month you yeah. just took you're almost the, all of your profit right you're in the hole unless you're yeah. getting dramatic appreci- price appreciation that, that and they're be, not wouldn't be worth it wow interesting it, yeah. that's a whole i mean they have only owned them three years and they've gone up they're getting decent appreciation but it's on a lower priced property though right they could get great appreciation here on a higher price property right yeah, absolutely. So just depends. Let's 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 add a little bit more uh, deeply here when we come back. We got to take a real quick break. We'll be right back. Open house at Team Open Reba. House with Team Reba on AM fifteen ninety. The answer. Now back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back to Open House with Team Reba. I'm Reba Hass of Team Reba, Remax Metro East Side, and Eric Osnes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. So. Yes, I did give, you were saying during the break, I was throwing out a Man. bunch of terms that maybe we should just refresh people's memories. Let's, let's do that let's do very, it. very quickly. So one of them you mentioned was reamortization. Mm-hmm. And reamortization is when you pay the balance down on your existing mortgage, it may be possible to lower the payments, to basically recast the payments based on the new lower balance in the remaining term of that loan. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to check with your lender yes. to see if it's allowed. Yeah, you can't assume it. No, you can't. It's it's not an automatic. Uh, but if, uh, if it is allowed, you can typically do that without having to refinance your loan. There is a cost, and it's usually around somewhere around $500 to do. You make a w- written request, pay the balance down, mm-hmm. boom, you know, there you go, and it'll be a... Uh, a um, basically modifying the the original terms of your loan. It's not mm-hmm. a negative on your credit or anything like no. that. Keep the same interest rate, just going to lower your payments based on the new lower balance on the loan. Yeah, which is a great thing to be able to, to do. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah, but if that's the goal, if the yes. goal is to lower your, 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 your monthly payment. And that was one of the things for this family is that they're just trying to get themselves to a really great place of financial freedom, mm-hmm. you know, especially as business owners and having gone through COVID and everything else, you know, they're just, I mean, they've already been doing a good job of planning, but it it was still painful for them because they, they have a a cleaning company, okay, of course. And so they went from first being in shutdown, then they went into like hyper mode yeah, because then suddenly cleaning cleaning. companies, yeah, COVID Mm -hmm. cleaning became a huge thing. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's the thing is they've been, um, trying to do really strong planning and they have, you know, they have three kids. So they're also trying to get them prepared and ready. You know, if, if depending on what the kids want to do with schooling over time and everything else. And just, again, everyone should be thinking about their financial future, mm-hmm. right. right? If you're not, you don't have one really. Right. <laughs> so. Talk to, talk to the, talk to people that, that know what questions to ask and what right. things to think about. The other thing you mentioned was boot. Yes, and, and, and I'm not is, talking fashion. No, this is a really important thing because if you own an investment property mm-hmm. or basically you have not lived in it for a couple of years, it's a rental, and you sell it without 
following the proper steps, um, mm-hmm. you're going to pay capital gains on the gain on that on that sale. Right. You can do what's called a 1031 tax deferred exchange. If mm-hmm. you buy another like property, another investment property, mm-hmm. you can defer paying any capital gains. But if you you know do that, but you keep some of the money anyhow, what you keep is called boot, and that will be taxed. Yes. You know, at you know on capital what, gains. Yes. So, so whatever your situation is, that right, will be the rate. Yes. Right. Just, you know, whack mm-hmm. 30% off of that, mm-hmm. you know. And, and Which is significant. It is. It's a big, it's a big chunk right. of money. Well, and we were even looking at, for that particular client, the conversation of, I told him to go and get all of his numbers checked on this because if they were going to do a principal pay down and be able to, you know, save a bunch of interest over time, it, it could make sense mm-hmm. for them to do that. To go ahead and, and pay some on sure. the boot to go ahead and then do this other thing and also lower all of their overall payments, right? It could be very beneficial. Yeah, it depends on your but, interest rate. Yeah, exactly. It's a financial planning question the way mm-hmm. I, I try and look at that. Let, let's say you've got a rate of, of, of 3% mm-hmm. and you're, you're trying to decide, I've got some money. Do I pay, pay my balance on my loan down or do I invest mm-hmm. that somewhere else? Do I put it in the market? Do I buy other real estate with it? Right. Well, if you pay your balance down, you're making 3%. You know, because that's three percent mm-hmm. you didn't have to pay. Could I invest that money somewhere else and get a rate, get a rate of return that's greater than three percent? If so, then I should probably think about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we look at real estate and the leverage you get yeah. uh, off of real estate, you know, putting that money as a down payment on on something, it's pretty hard to beat right now, especially right. given the appreciation rates that we're experiencing. Well, and that's even why I, you and I have been talking about my personal situation. Mm-hmm. And this is why it was so it was so uh, unique to have these two different clients talking to me because one is self-employed. Mm-hmm. So much like me, they have to make sure that they're set up a certain way so that qualifying is sure. you know, because I do a lot of tax planning with my guy. Mm-hmm. And so the way I pay myself is very different than a lot of other people, mm-hmm. right? And so we've just actually boosted my W-2 income that I pay myself instead of doing so much on bonuses and uh, mm-hmm. distributions, sure. right? Because I have to look good to a bank like you, <laughs> you know, or a lender like you. So I, I look better when I have W-2 income instead of these other things that have to be averaged or, you know, whatever, right? So I have to plan all of that in advance, mm-hmm. right? So I'm doing that. Now, this other customer who came to me that has the places in Tennessee, he and his wife both work in tech and they make huge amounts of money. Mm-hmm. So qualifying for them is a, a no-brainer. Well, okay. Go ahead. Let me pause you for just a second on that. Well, not everybody. You're right. We have other people. (laughs) No, no, no. Where I was going with that is if you work in tech, and and what is very common, especially in the Northwest, is you have a a moderate salary, and then you have RSU, restricted stock units. Yeah, no, but they're... Standard W two is very high. I I, I know what they're earning, but not everybody out there listening, you know, knows that. But Mm -hmm. if you have, if if a a significant portion of your income is from from stock, from restricted Mm -hmm. stock units, um, right? You know, you work with an Amazon or a Google or somebody like that. Mm -hmm. um, Not every loan program will count that as income, that RSU income, Mm -hmm. and the ones that do. Um, will require that you have a, at least a two-year history of cashing that in and at least three years looking forward of, of those funds available. Okay. So we look at the vesting schedule of your, your stock units, and we do look at do you have a history of cashing those in. Okay. If you don't, we may not be able to use that income. So, again, mm, check with your expert. Gotcha. 
because okay. um, you know you just want to make sure that uh, and and when you get into to jumbo loans, mm-hmm. loans that are greater than seven hundred sixty-five thousand yes. in our area, not every jumbo lender will accept RSU income. Yeah, yeah. So you know it it it, it gets complicated. So again, talk to the expert. I agree. I agree. So, Getting this list of questions is very important. Absolutely. Well, so that was, uh, you know, so the, the thing I was saying also about the the tech couple is qualifying should be no problem just because I know what their income level is. Mm-hmm. And the fact, you know, I know what I sold their house to them for and sure. what that all looks like. And the fact that their other house, they bought it many, many years ago. So that is their, and they're cash flowing on that. So that's all great. That's all good. Yeah. But, um, and they, you know, they've got this kind of pseudo cash flow going on on some of the ones back there it's actually the multiplexes that are causing them the most issues oh sure because um, yeah, the single family homes seem to be stable right so they yeah. want to hang on to those but those multiplexes are one where they're like should we just get rid of those mm. and so i started they, well, and i said well are you yeah. sure it's not just a property management issue could you not just find someone different in the same area mm-hmm. and maybe they would manage it differently i said and honestly if they're charging you $3,000 a turnover with a 15% surcharge on the cost of that for managing that process, are you sure it's not like a family member who owns the business that they're using for that? Like, are mm-hmm. you like, how well do you know these people Right. and, right. and what's going on? Cause like that is a standard practice for property managers to charge, to manage those situations. Cause they're doing it in lieu of you doing it. Right. Right. So they do have to have their time covered. But there are organizations. I can tell you for a fact in Wichita, where my nephew was licensed for a short time, I was talking to the franchise that he worked for, and that was a family who out of 300 that they managed, uh, 200 of them were family owned, Mm. and they had a construction company that you know, did all the work on mm-hmm. those places, which yeah. I totally understand. That's no different than a large organization that has, you know, other arms because lenders sure. might have escrow companies, might have title, might have insurance, might have, right, you know, right. whatever. Of course, so yeah. it's not unheard of, but I'm like, but if there's a real vested interest for them yeah. to make yeah. sure and turn that, I said, why aren't they talking to you about flooring that doesn't require being ripped out every time? Right. Right. Like if you have to put in new carpet, why aren't you putting in something yeah, like some vinyl plank vinyl plank? Yeah, yeah. Like why aren't they doing that? And they're like, we don't know. I'm like, go ask. <laughs> <laughs> like, just I'm like you're thinking it. Because the why cousin owns asking? a carpet company. That's why. Right. You know, yeah. And I'm like, go ask. Yeah. You know. <laughs> so. So anyway, yeah. That that's part of like I. Gave them the laundry list. And then they wanted to know, like, well, if we do this, is there a way, you know, like, is it easy to set up LLCs? I'm like, oh, my gosh, you have all these things and you don't have LLCs. Like, please go do that right now. And then they're like, well, do you also? So, like, Darcel Lobo, who's been on our show, who does estate planning, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be introducing them to her (laughs) because she can help them set this up so that if anything were to happen to them, then their kids can, you know, step in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you need to have all the right things in place, but their kids are a long way from being able to manage that. Right. So it's like, got to have good plans. Okay. In I got to jump in on another one here. Please do. LLCs. Yes. So lots of attorneys out there will say, you got to set up an LLC mm-hmm. when you buy an investment property. And, uh, but then you come to a lender like me and we say mm. the title of the property cannot be in an LLC. Right. It's got to be in their names as individuals. There right. are a few programs that will allow it, but mm-hmm. not very many. Yeah. So if you want a traditional 30-year fixed rate mortgage with an extremely good interest rate, guess what? Can't yeah. have the title in an LLC. 
So there's ways around that. You can still set up yeah. an LLC. Yeah. In fact, I've done this in the past. You know, I, I have an LLC. The LLC leases to the tenant. So you've got a little degree mm-hmm. of protection there. Right. And in turn, I sublease to the LLC. And uh, and that's a way of giving me a, a measure of protection, right. you know, as as you know, for my my personal mm-hmm. assets, um, you know, and and still have the LLC, but yeah. still have the title of the property in my name as an yeah. Individual. It requires a little bit of extra effort, but it's mm-hmm. so worth it, right? Because we've done panels on things like this where we've had insurance, CPAs, and real estate attorneys yes, as have. part of the panel, right? And the conversation is always, well, insurance is one of your first lines of defense. Mm-hmm. An LLC is an option right. as well. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, from um, the perspective of an insurance provider too, having umbrella insurance oh, is absolute, super important it's cheap outside and of it's just the unit ne- insurance. Oh, just a necessity. Yeah. You need I, that. I yeah. know I've had some for ages now. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's it's determined by, you know, your asset level. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what the, what the coverage is or the, the amount of coverage that you need to get and what it costs. But it's so worth it for all of these situations. Every time you mention, I think of, of you know, our mutual friend, Tamara Simon, mm-hmm. who is a property manager for ages. Yeah. And now and, a consultant. And now a consultant mm-hmm. who one of the most the things I always remember, she said, is that when there are there are tenants out there. Who are looking at you and and trying to figure out a way to part you from your money. Yes. And they will go to great lengths. uh, Well, let me just tell you, that client told me about one of his tenants who ran their car into another tenant's unit. So I was like, ah, (laughs) just please get covered. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Well, if you got to run, run quick. We'll be right back. Open House with Team Reba on AM 1590. The answer. Now, back to Open House with Team Reba. Welcome back. It's Eric Ozes here from Homebridge Financial Home Mortgage. And Reba has from Team Reba. And thanks again for joining us. And boy, listen in. We're here every weekend, Saturdays at 2 o'clock, Sundays at 3 o'clock. And always on podcasts. That's right. Speaking of those podcasts, we were mentioning earlier in the show the 1031 Exchange program that we did. That is episode 68. So if you were looking us up on a podcast site, look for episode 68 for 1031 Property Exchanges. And that's when we had Philip David from Banash Real Property Exchange on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Philip, uh, we got to yeah. bring him on here one of these days again, you know, just to um, I think give us should. an update on 1031s and what's mm-hmm. going on in, the, in that in that world. Yeah. There is talk under the new administration of mm-hmm. killing that program. Exactly. It hasn't happened yet. And right. Fingers crossed it won't, mm-hmm. uh, because um, it it does really help our small time investors. Well, I got to say it's one of the reasons why I'm considering doing a 1031 exchange of my properties in Kansas right now. Mm-hmm. I mean that that was a uh, a prompt for me because I mean again everybody's we always talk everyone's got their own story problem right mm-hmm. right and uh, hopefully it's just not a problem story <laughs> but <laughs> Some of those um, yeah but like in my own personal situation I've got a duplex and a fourplex. That I just, you know, I've, I've had them a very long time. Mm-hmm. And that was one of the other conversations with these other clients was, you know, you also get to a place sometimes where your depreciation schedule just really doesn't give it's you much done. benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, and mine were gone a really a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them, I, you know, 
one I was holding on to partly because that was a place where I stayed when my father was still alive and I was going back and forth there a lot. Mm -hmm. But since he's passed many years ago now, Mm -hmm. I just don't have the need to hold on to that property any longer. Mm -hmm. And I feel very good about what I've done to improve that. And it did do what I thought it would do in that area because I bought on the edge of a uh, revitalization plan for that city. Oh yeah. And so the area has grown and developed and gotten a lot nicer. I went from basically what was a D property to uh, it's on the verge of being more in a B level property. Mm-hmm. And you know, those are the sweet spots, A, B, C, and D are how we usually classify investment property. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, so I, I looking at appreciation and knowing what my long-term plans are, mm-hmm. I want to do a 1031 of those two properties, take my equity, because it, it's not a ton because they're in Kansas, of mm-hmm. all places. doesn't appreciate You're very much. You're that, that takeaway, takeoff appreciation like yeah, we have Yeah, I mean, here. even though they're growing right now, yeah. um, I would rather have a more expensive property here. Again, once, because mm-hmm. I want to have more control over it, because I've watched my brother like just nickel and dime me to death over there. Uh, on stuff as your um, property manager as my property manager but then also just improvements and you know just mm-hmm. th- just the way it's been handled and i love them but it just it's frustrating so i would rather have something that is improving in value here because yeah i know it'll be more money but we're our appreciation rates tend mm-hmm. to run much much higher than right. the midwest and I want that long term, and I want to buy in an area where eventually I may want to convert that investment property to personal use, mm-hmm. sure. right? And so it's a long term plan mm-hmm. for me. It's yeah. not a short term; it's a long term plan, and it's well thought out. And mm-hmm. it's and I and I had a long conversation with my CPA about it. <laughs> Good for you. You know, we went all over why and the what and, you know, what that would look like and, you know, expectations and how I would set those sales up. And I'm actually actively courting buyers so that I can get ones who are flexible enough to allow me the timelines I need Mm -hmm. in a 1031 exchange. Yeah. yeah, So I can be in the best position. Right. Right. Because buying here will be tough because of the fighting over the property. Right. And with a 1031, the main thing, you've got some timing issues to think mm-hmm. about because you have only 45 days to identify up to three properties yeah, that you from plan closing. to buy from, from closing of the, mm-hmm. the, the sale of the home. And then you've got a total of, of 180 days to close mm-hmm. the transactions or one or, or multiple of them. Yeah. I've got a client right now that actually is sold a, a, a property in San Diego and he's doing a 1031 exchange and he's actually purchasing three properties for about the same, well, a little bit more in price uh, in Tennessee, you know, just outside of Nashville, Clarksville, mm-hmm. Tennessee. Isn't it funny that so much of this is Tennessee that we're talking about? Because that's actually the guy who wants yeah. to sell his place in Skyway wants to buy. Well, Ten- what is it about Tennessee right now? Uh, I, I, I can th- a couple of things. Number one, it's just a really nice place to live. It's a good it's a good quality of life there. Um, but also, like, for example, uh, you know, we're looking at homes that are $350,000. They're brand new. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. 2,000 square feet, four bedrooms, two and a half bathrooms, you know, on a, on a decent lot. These are these are really nice homes, you know, for 350000 You know, what does 350000 get you in Seattle? You know. A uh, condo. Maybe. Yeah, right. That's, yeah. that's about it. Yeah. So. Like a studio right. condo. Or you got to go way down south. Yeah. 
Now, I, I don't think you're going to get the same runaway appreciation there as, as you do here, no. but, but things are, are generally stable mm-hmm. and they're going up. So areas that have a, a high quality of life, you know, of course, mm-hmm. Nashville's, you know, yeah. always going to be a, a attracting people. Yeah, it is. Um, College, college towns. towns. I was just going to yeah. say, yep. Jinx. Yep. whatever whatever i'm supposed to do there yeah um but yeah college towns uh, universities education Mm -hmm. centers um yeah hospitals well i mean just in washington state alone like bellingham even Mm -hmm. spokane other areas like that um that that do have that vibe in fact we've had clients of ours who are thinking about long-term retirement that are not even you know they're still 20 years away from retirement potentially Mm -hmm. but they're buying homes in some of those areas Mm -hmm. because they're like Hey, when I'm done doing my regular day job, I want to be in this area, and but I don't want to lose what I have in a, mm-hmm. a bigger area. Right, I, right. I want to still have like the same kind of breweries and lifestyle and coffee shops and mm-hmm. and vibrant community and arts and all that kind of yeah, available yeah. to me. Um, for any of our listeners who are curious, episode one thirty three is the one that we had for Tamara Simon. Oh, good. Um, okay. And that's after because she, she's been in other shows with us, and that was when she still had her property management business. Mm-hmm. Um, and then shortly thereafter, also um, when she was acting as education chair for Rental Housing Association of Washington. Mm-hmm. But episode 133 was um, specifically about if you're trying to find properties outside mm-hmm. of the local area right. and like best practices and things mm-hmm. to consider. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's lots of different options out there mm-hmm. and different ways to look at all of that. Yeah. Um, qualifying, it's it's. If you, when you're financing an investment property, it's pretty easy to qualify if it's a one to four unit property, because as a lender, we take the rent uh, that the property will generate minus 25% minus your mortgage payment, and that's all you have to qualify for. So you don't have to qualify for the full mortgage payment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a it's just a fraction of that. So as long as you can cough up the down payment, you know, it's it's super easy to do. So I'm going to go back to kind of the example of the client who's got the places in Tennessee and there I gave them that list of questions of which part of it was find out what an estimated seller net proceeds would look like for you. Mm-hmm. Cause thinking of the qualifying yep. and then also can we find something out here that would be reasonable for them? Yeah. So I'm like between those two properties or, or three properties, pardon me, I'm like, please go find out what you would get for seller net proceeds for all three of them together. Cause they mm-hmm. do have a network where they could get a buyer to buy all of them. Oh, there you go. Right. Or through this, this yeah. group. So if they have that flexibility, it's like, okay, great. We can try and coordinate the closings, but I need to know what that amount is so that we can figure out right. what is 25% or more in mm-hmm. a down payment, right? right? Like what does that price point look like for us? Right. And then let's go look here in Washington mm-hmm. as to what you could buy Mm-hmm. For that price point, because if it's four fifty, I can get a new construction home in Burlington or Mount Vernon right now for that, mm-hmm. or even less. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm going over to the peninsula, four fifty is pretty tough. It is. It's really tough to find something mm-hmm. in the four fifty mark. Yeah. Um, or I could be going. Maybe I get one of my Eastern Washington mm-hmm. colleagues to chime in. Or and, wine country. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So these are the things that, again. We mentioned this earlier, and I know we're going to get close to the end of the show. You and I are available for consults like this, mm-hmm. but they are paid for consults. But this type of situation is exactly where this is going to be hugely valuable to my customer. And I'm spending yeah. a lot of time doing prep work 
for something that may or may not happen because they you know they have to evaluate. Absolutely. Well, we're we're here. We're we're happy to happy to help. These are fun, you know, things problems for us to solve. Yes. So. Anyway, keeps well, life interesting. Absolutely, it does. Well, happy hunting for all of you out there, and thanks for listening. And hope you all have a great weekend. Talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Open House with Team Reba. To contact us, visit Team Reba at Remax Metro Eastside on Facebook or email info at teamreba.com. Join us again next Saturday afternoon at 2 for more Open House with Team Reba here on AM 1590. The answer. Proceeding program was sponsored by Team Reba of Remax Metro East Side and Eric Osnes of Homebridge Financial Services.